Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be back with you after a couple weeks off. I was traveling with KetoCon, and then I honestly was a bit under the weather and had no voice for about a week, so... I am just glad to be here and talking with you, having someone who has been patient with me with rescheduling and getting him ready for the show. So I'm excited today to talk to Michael Bernstein, but he goes by Bernie. Bernie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you here, man. Let's let's get right into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. You know, I think that's, uh, that's that, that question was, I think, birthed to me. I, I, I've been the Fat Guy for... Pretty much as long as I can remember, you know, growing up, um, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and I was always kind of the big kid in my in my class. Um, in fact, I, I would I would venture to guess that I weighed the same from like eighth grade till you know, my my freshman year in college. Like I was just always a very big guy, so was a, was very into sports and athletics growing up. You know, obviously paid the, played the traditional fat guy positions like uh, offensive and defensive line. Was a very, very good wrestler, but, you know, took the heavyweight class. So, you know, I, I, I've been big my, my entire life. Um, and uh, it got good. No, I was just going to say, like, because a lot of people that come on the show, you know, are grow up big. Like, was it was it just food was plentiful? Like... Was it a portioning thing? Like, where do you where do you think like that that bigness came from? Like, was it something where a lot of people in your family bigger? Like, where where do you identify kind of the root of it? So it's interesting you say that because my dad is five seven, one hundred and seventy pounds. My mom was you know five five, you know, normal weight. My my sister my sisters as well. But you know, I, I, I would I would say I was born in an you know, upper middle class family. We didn't really hurt too much. My mom died when I was eight years old, so we constantly had, uh, you know, housekeepers, nannies. I think, you know, he, he did the best he could, but my dad a little bit overcompensated by giving us more freedom uh, than probably we, we needed. So, um, you know, I've always been into treats and uh, ice cream and candy and things like that. So I, I think, one, um, it was a lack of knowledge of that these sugars were, were bad for me. And also, I was, uh, Gormy, I was an absolute ketchup addict. So when I grew up, we literally would have a family size, economy size ketchup bottle that I'd go through every week. <laughs> I and mean, I'd put ketchup on everything. And, you know, only later I learned that's basically just pouring sugar down your throat. So, like, I, I uh, you know, just probably didn't have the discipline, didn't have the knowledge, and just kind of had, had the access to stuff. So also was very much a closet leader. So I remember when we moved houses one time, 
my you know my dad the, the movers came in and they literally found hundreds of candy wrappers under my bed. So you know I, I, I still you know to this day even after uh, getting in shape will um, you know kind of eat in the shadows, right? Like I'll I'll, I'll grab a cookie or ice cream or, or candy and just, you know kind of look around to make sure nobody's looking. So. You know, it's, it's I, 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 like, you know, there's obviously the psychology of it all. But I, I think for me, um, uh, if I'm being honest, food was sometimes like an escape. Escape from reality because I didn't like where I was or escape from having to feel the things that I feel. So, like, I, you know, processing life on a day-to-day basis was, uh, you know, when I was young, it was difficult to me and, and still is difficult to me. So, you know, I think food is a crutch that we, that I ran to, you know, when, when things weren't going as well as as they should. And then on the on the flip side, like you also, you know, food is a is a celebration. And the one thing I'll, I'll note, which is which I think makes this, uh, you know, losing weight and being consistent a lot more difficult, is that so much of our social lives are based around food and drinking. So you know, even business. If you're going on a date with somebody, you know, I, I think like, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, holiday parties. Like, there's always the opportunity to indulge if you, if you look for it. So, I think like I, I just kind of got caught up in that lifestyle. Yeah, and, that, and that's an interesting dichotomy you point out because I think a lot of people go through that, like realizing that we use food for a lot of things. Like, you know, there's a, there's some things in our lives. Like, even if we look at now, like exercise like when you're when you're getting fitter like it's a stress relief you know you use it for a few different things but food is there in a positive and a negative sense you know whether you're celebrating or commiserating you know we can use food food molds itself to fit the situation like it's the it's the common thread that's there so i I think that makes a lot of sense man and you know when you were you know growing up as the bigger kid and like you said like playing those traditional kind of fat guy roles you know on the sports teams like were you conscious of your size, or was it just a part of who you were? No, I was conscious of my size. I mean, because, you know, like, I think when you're in football, like, you have to wear special pants in middle school. And, you know, I was just, I was just, a, I was just a bigger guy. And, like, uh, I, I remember, like, because I, I, like, even though I was a bigger guy, I was always the best player on my team. So, like, so, like, I was, you know, I was athletic enough to overcome some of it. And, you know, they know so much more now, the kids, about nutrition and, and, and things like that, that than we did. But definitely, you know, I was very, very sensitive about it still because if somebody, like, I guess I realized I was fat, but I didn't want anyone else to realize that I was fat. So it was like if somebody said something like, you know, I would get upset, you know, I'd lash out, uh, things like that. One other point that I want to make, um, the, the previous conversation is, I can remember so many times uh, with food, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but you wake up on a Monday morning and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get it right. I'm not going to, I'm going to have one good day, you know, today that I'm going to, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then, you know, by noon I've, I've gone to Burger King and McDonald's and Wendy's. And I'm like, how did this happen? It's almost like, like, um, you identify, or I identified that I had this issue, I needed to fix it, but instead of fixing it, I would seek out ways almost to make it worse. So I, I think the third thing I'd say is, is you know, 
in a lot of ways, we use food to punish ourselves. Maybe because we don't like ourselves that much. That was that was it. That was it. I think for me, like, is that you know, even though I knew I was you know destroying myself or doing the wrong, wrong thing, that you know that that high or that that food craving uh, would beat that out almost every time. No, so, yeah, I think, I think that, that's a good insight, man. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. So as you continued to grow up, what happened, you know, as, as you got older, as you, as you exited high school? And... Yes, yeah, so I went to college in New Orleans, which is not, not the healthiest place ever. But, man, I, I, like, I, I joke a little bit, but I kind of peaked in college. So it was, uh, I, I was actually supposed to play football, uh, at a college in Illinois called Northwestern and ended up getting injured. Uh, if you ever meet me, I got a pretty significant scar on my face um, and I had some nerve damage. But anyways, long story short, went to Tulane, had the absolute time of my life. Like I, I was, you know, I, I, I was the ultimate frat guy, like just kind of all over the place, the drunk guy, meeting people. So at that point, you know, um, interestingly enough, uh, I think just as much as food contributes to weight gain, I think alcohol is just as bad. So, you know, really indulge in, in, uh, in, in, you know, drinking and stuff like that. But one thing that in my way I'll show you, so like I can tell you when I was in college and when I was in high school, you know, I lose 30 pounds in a week and lose, you know, 50, 60 pounds for a month. So it didn't have to be that long of a focus. So, you know, when you're 20, 21, so like I was constantly, like I, I, I guess during college, I'd say I, I fluctuated between like 200 and 270. And like, so every year when we'd show up at college after the summer, we I would, I'd be in shape, right? So I'd be, uh, and then, you know, after three months of, of drinking and, and eating, I'd be right back up to 270. And, you know, what, what I found, the reason why I was able to do that is, uh, the reason I was able to lose weight was because I was able to, like, the only way I was able to is I was able to totally isolate, right? So, single focus, you know, no social life, no, no interaction, would kind of hide at home and just, you know, work out ex- excessively. Uh, but then once I let that go, it just, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of an all or nothing mentality. And, and I think that still applies today, but I mean, it was, I, I become a little bit better, a lot better. I think in integrating, uh, you know, my work, my social life and stuff like that. But in college, you know, it was, it was, you know, fluctuating, you know, those 70 pounds came and went every year. So, mm. so 270, though, wasn't the highest weight that you got to you. Did you, was it? What happened after college? Yeah, so again, I uh, I moved to New York City. So it, you know, had had a great. Uh, you know, Tulane was in New Orleans, but might as well have been on Long Island. So all the New York and New Jersey kids who couldn't get into Ivy League schools went there, and so um, it was like a you know, it was like a college reunion every night. So I, I got at that point, I got into the 300, 300 pound mark. I'd say for a good. Uh, 10 or so years, I fluctuated between uh, 300 and it's called 350. 
And so, like, the, the set point got higher. Uh, you know, I, I got a, you know, 300, were, to me at that point, was in shape. And so, what's that? No, 300 to me at that point was in shape. So, like, I, 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 I was continuing doing that. And so, I guess it was probably, like, 2013 or 2014, you know, my family kind of had an intervention. And they said, you need to do this gastric sleeve surgery. And so I went and did all the psychological testings and the heart testings and the, the nutritional counseling and stuff. You know, signed up, paid for the surgery, and then backed out because I was like, I, I, you know, after talking to them and talking about how, how limiting the lifestyle was, um, like, you know, I'm strong. I can do this on my own. So I went another, call it, uh, four years, and I was actually living out in California. And... Uh, you know, I had a I had a conversation with my niece, who at the time was five years old, and she said, you know, "Uncle Michael, I love you so much, but you're so big and fat that I don't want you to die." So, uh, anyways, I, I ended up two days later, literally two days later, didn't go through any of the the nutritional counseling, psychological counseling, any of the testing stuff. I I signed up for, paid for, and did the, the gastric sleeve surgery, which, you know, in my opinion. Um, is for me is a tool that I needed to, to kind of get me on the right track and, and save my life. And uh, so, go ahead, did you have a question? Yeah, I wanted look because I think that's real. I think it's fascinating, you know, having gone through the process to get the surgery and and you know choosing not to, you know, not at the wire, but you know, after having gone through all that, you know, what do you think? What do you really think was going on in your head that had you? You know, was it just you? You thought you could do it without the surgery, or was it you just didn't feel ready, or like what? What? What was the difference between that? You know, four years before, and then making that decision to just kind of get into it and do it. Like, why do you think you were ready to kind of flip that switch so fast? Yes, yeah, so I think I think one. Well, there's two things. One, I, I think a little bit was fear of success. Like, you know, if I if I didn't have if I had the surgery and went well. You know, then, then now what's my excuse for being miserable? What's my excuse for, for not trying as hard? What's my excuse for not getting the girls or, or, or whatever it was? So, and then, you know, as many of us do, and, and we talked briefly before the show, I mean, you've heard every weight loss story there is. I mean, I tried everything, right? I, 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 would, I would have to guess I, I would be, as an individual, one of the, largest purchasers of different fat burners in the history of the United States. Just tried everything. Tried keto, tried you know, Atkins, tried carnivore, tried uh, you know, high-carb diets, tried low-carb diets. You know, everything that was out there, you know, I, I would uh, I, I, I would say I was always strong. I mean, at 350 pounds, I could bench press 575 pounds. So I, I was even stronger then than now. So I, 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 and I was always... You know, I, I would say semi-consistent with the working out. Like I would always, you know, make a run at it and then say screw it and, and, and backtrack. But I think that it's just being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think that conversation with my niece was just kind of like a, a, a kick in the butt. And, and like literally, not a month had gone by in those four years where my dad or my sister were like, you know, look, we'll pay for it or we'll do this. Like, just try the surgery. And I just didn't believe, like, 
you know, it, it was maybe a little bit of ego too. I was like, in, in my head, I thought, you know, if I do it that way, it's 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 cheating, right? But it's the furthest thing from cheating. It is. It's it's excruciating. Like it, look, the the month you suffer, like the first month, it is totally worth the results. I mean, even today. So, um, and we'll get into this later, but after I did that, that summer shredding uh, competition, uh, my family went out to, to Papacitos, which is a popular Mexican restaurant down here. I had like six ounces of, of fajita steak and I threw up, right? It's so, it's so restrictive. Like, do I miss sometimes being able to eat a 38-ounce ribeye, which looking back is kind of disgusting, but I did it all the time. I, I do I do miss it a little bit, right? Like it's just like, uh, but you know, it's, it's it's a trade off. So going back to to the uh, after the surgery, so it, it, it was remarkable, like how quickly the weight came off. So I, I would say, you know, three months later, I was down sixty pounds, and uh, and I uh, and I just didn't like the way I looked, right? I looked like a like a sack of potatoes, right? I was, I was a skinny, I was a skinnier version of a fat me. So I, it was interesting enough. Um, I on Instagram, I saw this ad for Ultimate Performance. It's a gym out of LA. It's personal training only. It's a studio. It's literally half a mile from my house. And I called them up because there's this promotion on on Instagram, and uh, they say to me, you know. Before people come in to, to see us, we like to tell them how much it costs. I said, okay, well, how much does it cost? They said, $4,500 a month. I was like, there's no way I'm paying $4,500 a month for a, personal, for a personal trainer that I see three times a week. Anyways, I go in there and like an idiot, I sign up for it. So I end up, it was the best decision I ever made because at that point for me, the shift went from, and, and, and by the way, my highest weight that I ever saw was 389. Um, and, and, and so I, I would guess I hit 400, but I never saw it. But anyways, the, people, the, the shift became from losing weight to body composition. So all I cared about was how can I you know, burn the fat and build the muscle. And in, in, in an obese state, you know, that, that is a possibility, right? Like, now I don't think you, you focus on one or the other, but so I, I was able to really, you know, I, I dove all the way in, you know, I was, I wouldn't say I was a hundred percent on my diet, but I was 90%. You know, I, I wasn't drinking and literally transformed. Like I, 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 it, I went from, um, at one point I was over 40% body fat, the indexa scale to, you know, 6% body fat, which is, Pretty extreme, and I think one one thing that's different about me that I think most of the people who do these weight loss transformations and, and, and also um, you know even the guys who are competing and stuff is like I just I mean I have so much so much muscle because that's what I focus on, and the other thing is that, that I find I'm not patting myself on the back, but when I had my surgery, I was 42 years old. You know, I wasn't I wasn't you know 28. It's, it's, a, it's a lot, you know, with the hormones and, and you know, just, just energy and, and things like that. It's, it's a lot more difficult, I believe, it, at, as an old guy, not only to lose weight, but also to put on muscle. So 
you know, like that, that experience with open performance kind of taught me, you know, how to, while I had lifted weights my whole life, how to really correctly, um, you know, change body composition. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty extreme. No, it definitely sounds like it was, man. And what, how long were you working with them? So I worked with them till, for about six months uh, until COVID hit. So, like, uh, it was, it was, so th- that gym closed down. So, you know, longer story for another time, maybe. But I, I, we were, we were, the other thing that I didn't fail to mention, and I, I don't know if people resonate with this or not, but basically in, um, around the time I had that surgery shortly after, so that was August 19th, we were engaged with a group to sell our company. So in my head, I was like, I'm either going to make a ton of money or I'm going to have to figure out what I'm doing next. And so with that potential carrier to make you a lot of money, I just said, like, this is my life. This is my commitment. I'm going to work out like a professional athlete no matter what it took. So, you know, had you know, spared no expenses, would, 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 uh, would do whatever it takes. So I was only with them for six months. COVID came and... I was supposed to move back to Texas uh, in the summer that year, but I ended up moving back in March because our company did sell in January of 20. So um, it was kind of uh, fortunate timing. I, I kept in touch with those guys over COVID, and they gave me some home workouts, but you know, that relationship kind of faded out because they were closed for forever. So, but then, then and then, so... It's interesting. So I moved back from uh, from LA. I was in Los Angeles. I, I, I had a you know a reasonably big career. And I became a forty two year old man living in my father's house. <laughs> so so I, I basically I, I don't know what your experience was during COVID, but there was like this crazy underground market for gym equipment. Like it, it just spiked up like crazy. So. So I, I, I turned my dad's garage into a gym. So, you know, this was really dealing with these guys on Craigslist and, and stuff like that. I had these guys delivering equipment. Maybe his, he, he loved it. I'm, I'm joking. I turned, I turned his garage into a gym and again, was, was working out like like an animal. And I think that's probably, you know, contrary to most people, like, where I made the most progress. So... Anyways, at that point, had all this time on my hands. Um, you know, you know, was still working, but unable to go to the office, that kind of thing. And I saw Anthony Raleigh's uh, documentary on Amazon Prime, and was very, very impressed. But I was like, you know, I, 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 I'm the least confident guy you know, but also a little bit confident. I was like. My transformation is better. And I found Fast3JC on, on Instagram. And I saw he was doing these WBFF shows. I was like, you know, I can do that. And I was like, I, I, I'm just as good as that. So that's what kind of uh, inspired me to, to, to try the competition here. So. Yeah. And was, no, I was going to say that's awesome, man. And, and so when was the first competition that you did? So July a year ago, so I, it's actually a year ago last Saturday, I did uh, 
the WBFF Dallas. And uh, there was, I think there was maybe 200 people in the audience there. And I think 112 of them were mine. So, like, the whole, it was awesome. Like, the whole, uh, my friends, my family, you know, friends of friends, a bunch of people came out to support me. So, it was, like, cool to have that moment where, you know, my before picture showing and then walking out, you know, looking like, you know, a real bodybuilder. So, you know, there's a little bit of a, it was a little bit different in that um, the only other person standing on me on stage was a, was a woman who had lost some weight. So it wasn't like a real contest at that point, but I guess, I guess technically I won because I was a little male. Uh, and then went and uh, started training uh, six weeks later was the WBFF World Championships. And so started training for that. Um, and went out to Vegas. Uh, you know, Lowry was there. Uh, I, I think you even Paul. Uh, he was there. Um, and, and Fat Free JC. I mean, it, it, was, it was a competitive thing. But it was also very, very much camaraderie, right? So we were cutting up and laughing and having fun and telling stories and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe wholeheartedly I had by far the best physique on stage, but it's not a bodybuilding competition, it's a transformation competition. So, you know, and I think, uh, so JC ended up winning and, and I think he deserved it. And I think he's very dedicated to you know, helping people and, and being a, a pillar of the weight loss community. Whereas, you know, for me, it's kind of more of a, a personal journey and, and, and things like that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was so much fun. And, and you know, I, I've looked at business ventures with these guys and stayed in touch, you know, with text. Um, and so it's almost like, uh, especially, especially Riley uh, has become just like a, a great friend, right? Like, uh, and JC as well. And Larry, you know, we went to Tampa and looked at a business opportunity. And when I was training for this summer training last last month, or, yeah, I guess last month, he was kind of giving me advice and, and helping me. So it's really cool that I see this guy, you know, a year ago on, on Amazon Prime, and now he's my buddy. So um, pretty cool. And we're both, you know, we're both successful entrepreneurs, and so there's a lot of uh, different things like we discuss and so it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. And so, and I feel like, you know, for some people, it, you know, when they get into doing a show, they kind of like get like a one and done feeling. Like I just wanted to prove to myself I could do it, you know, but it sounds like for you, you know, it ignited something in you, like in terms of like, you know, kind of enjoying the experience. Like what, thinking about your life at 400 pounds, you know, 389, the highest you saw, but you know, you were probably a little bigger than that. Like, and then your life, now working on getting ready for summer shredding, like what are what were the biggest changes like that were going on for you? Yeah, I think like the biggest thing was just like finally feeling comfortable in my body to the most part. Like we all have, I'm sure you can identify with this, and, and some of the other listeners. Well, you can be in the best shape that you want, but you still have body dysmorphia because you still see that that, you know, 300, 400 pounds maybe. And I think I got over that a little bit. Um, I think, look, I think some of the, the, the funnest parts about it were, 
you're being able to buy clothes that actually fit, right? So, like, um, not having to shop at DXL. Um, I, I think, like, not having to use a seatbelt extender on the airplane. But as far as, like, life changes, I mean, like, I, I think uh, I think you do notice how, how people look at you. Like, for me, I mean, I don't step outside without somebody commenting on my physique. Like, it's, it's literally, the funny thing is, I'll tell you what is that yeah, I thought that getting in really good shape would get a lot of women, attention from women. But really, it's all men. <laughs> men, will, men will come up to you at CES, the grocery store, you know, at the gym, like, you know, even at the bars. I was like, you know, it's nice to get this attention. Not necessarily what I was looking for, but I'll take it. But I'll take it. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, you know, if you're doing this, people out there, if you're losing weight, to get the goal to be more attractive, I think it's a, a, a novel goal, but it might not, it might not work as well as you think. So, um, but I, I, I think everything's everything's different, right? Like I, I can I can fit in my car, right? Like I have a, a, a it was a dumb purchase, not a tiny sports car, it's a lot of fun, but you know I, I could never fit that without before. Um, you know I, I, I'm I'm healthier, like so. I, I, I'm very rarely sick. Like it's there, there, there's there's huge uh, huge benefits. I move better, and that's one thing. Um, uh, that's my next focus. Because I thought again, losing weight, you automatically uh, get more flexible and be able to move better. But you know, I struggle with mobility, and and nobody. Well, I won't say nobody, but most people like myself don't like to stretch. So uh, that's that's kind of the next goal is to. And how has your relationship with food changed? So, to me, like when I'm in like competition prep mode, or if I'm in, uh, you know, just vacationing for the beach mode, uh, I kind of I make myself view food as fuel. So I, I'm very particular, like. You know, everything's weird, everything is. So, part of the reason why, when you said earlier, this competition is one of them, part of the reason why I, I did another one is just because I crave that focus, that uh, that structure. You know, now that I'm, that I'm off the show, uh, that I'm off the, the training, you know, I, I indulge all the time in cookies and ice cream, probably way too much vodka that I need to, but in my head, I say to myself, you know, Look where you got me. Like, don't, don't mess it all the way up. And, and one thing, and I'll say this probably a horrible crush, but the sleep helps me a lot, right? So if I, like, I can't go out and eat a bunch of, like, tacos, or I, I could probably have half a taco. I ordered pizza, you know, like, just, you know, kind of old fat things. I don't know if you remember the coupons on Domino's, but then it's coupons where you can, you know, get it. If you order two or more things, you get it for five ninety nine. So I ordered uh, two pizzas and some wings. I had one and a half slices of pizza. And I was done. I threw the rest away. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I I, I there's still there's still struggles. Like I I, I do crave uh, sweets and candies and stuff like that, but now they're moderate it a little bit better. So I, I think a big thing is. 
is you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be consistent. So find out, I found out, I found out what, what works for me. So if I have, you know, four, four good days out of seven, I have one a week. I know it's kind of like that, uh, but like, you know, if I can eat, if I can eat like 80% of the time, I can live with a 20% bad. So um, I've definitely been indulging the last few weeks. Like, I mean, my, like, like my weight's only up six or seven pounds, so I'm, if I think like if, if that if that were to bloom up to fifteen twenty, I think I would have to take a step back and evaluate. Mm-hmm. Which I I think that's an important point that you're making about you know it's it ends up now being about perfection. It's about consistency because I think there's a lot of people, especially when they're getting started or when they're kind of setting up their hopes and dreams on a weight loss journey, they they expect that at some point like a switch flips and. You no longer enjoy the foods you used to enjoy. Like you don't even want them. Like when will that go away? Like all of that thing. And I, I think realizing that a lot of those feelings, you know, and those and because those foods taste good, you know, they're engineered to taste good. So of course, you know, because you see it sometimes. You know, you're on social media. Like you'll see it when someone's like, you know, I lost two hundred pounds, and now if I see a cookie, I don't think a cookie tastes good. And it's like in my head at that point, I'm going. Well, you're not telling the truth. Like a cookie, a cookie tastes good. You know, ice cream tastes good. These things taste good, but it's about working on that relationship and realizing that there's a difference between having a cookie now and then and having cookies every day. You know, having pizza every day, like living that life every day, versus you know understanding the relationship your body has with food and the purpose of food in your life, and and starting to reframe that perspective. And it doesn't mean that all those those feelings and challenges go away, you get better at handling them and you get more consistent at the behavior that you're putting out there. Well, I'm on the, uh, like the gastric sleeve kind of, uh, I guess it's a help group or support group on Facebook. And I see, I see people post, you know, I had two tacos or I had Taco Bell or I had this or that. Am I, you know, did I mess everything up? And I'm just like, no, enjoy it. You know, like realize it's not it's not what you want. Make the right decision next time, right? Like it's not like having one one bad meal or ten bad meals is not destined. And we all have the ability to come back, right? So you know, one, one thing I will mention is I'm I'm very much like with the the bodybuilding and the working out stuff is like I think some people would see my workout routine and say like, man, he doesn't train very hard. But what I would say to them is, is I take a very scientific approach to it, right? So like I, I, when we talked a little bit before we got on about the podcast we listened to, like I became a student of all this. So I'm kind of like the minimum effective dose guy. So like, like I don't, I, I didn't do in my training. I haven't done a single burpee. I haven't sprinted. I haven't ran. I haven't, you know, like I, I lift heavy weights and those are, are hard workouts, but. The only cardio I really do is walking. You know, it's just it's just moving your body. So, like, you don't have to go like psycho obsessed CrossFit or or you know crazy you know boot camps and stuff like that. It's just about consistency and and, and I, I think more than that, fueling your body the right way. So, like, part of part of you know how I deal with some of the food cravings are. Is like it, uh, when, when I'm going to make a choice with food, is is this going to help me in my pursuit? Pursuit or is it going to hurt me? If it's going to hurt me, 
I usually make the right choice because, you know, I, I, they say what nutrition's 70% of it. Well, I think for somebody my age, it's probably 80, 85% of it just because, you know, I, I can't, I can't come back from um, as easily as, as somebody uh, who's younger. So I, I think that, you know, just whatever, whatever works for you. Like, so, like you said, you had, I think you said 179 people on, I would say each one of them has a different approach, right? Or something that they do that works for them. There are some commonalities, but you, know, you can, like, the, like the, the one thing I preach when people ask me, like, you know, what do you do? It's just about consistency. And the other thing is, and I am as guilty as anybody else, but because I want instant gratification, right? With, uh, with anything that I do. And that just doesn't happen in this experience. Like it's it's a long haul. Like the I guess the closest thing is the gratification was you know, losing weight quickly on the sleeve. But again, at that point, I didn't really like the way I looked, and uh, so like to transport my body took you know another year. So, anyways, that's that's kind of my two cents on on that. But um, I think just the, the whole. The whole key is, is don't go too extreme because it's un unmaintainable. And that's what it is. Like, you're, you're, I think you're 100% accurate. Like, you have to find what works best for you as a person. And even more so, you have to be willing to do that. Because I think too often people just want an answer handed to them. And they want, you know, the cookie cutter that someone else used. And how did you exactly do this? Because I'm going to do exactly what you did. And I think it's when you're open more to finding out what you can do consistently, what works for your body, you know, what your body responds to, what you personally respond to, and you're willing to do the work to find that is when you find lasting success. You know, it's when you're able to actually build your life that you're going to live and you're not necessarily, okay, I'm going to do exactly what this other person did. Like I have to do what is going to work best for me, which is scary. You know, I think it's a little scary because there's some unknowns in there, but when you're willing to kind of take that risk and really dive into it for yourself is when people see that lasting that lasting thing like for you you know the sleeve has been an amazing tool and i think there you know you know especially being in a support group on on facebook or even in the in the social media space there are people that get the sleeve and fail because it wasn't the right tool for them or people that used another tool had success it didn't work out and then they found the tool that you know then they turned to the sleeve or they turned to another tool like it's still about being willing to find what that piece is for you, you know, that makes the biggest difference in the end. No, absolutely. And, and with, with the sleeve, like, I, I would say for people who, who want to go into, you know, physique competitions and bodybuilding, is that, I mean, I have to eat eight or nine times a day. <laughs> That's not fun. And I'm shoveling protein into my mouth, typically through, through powder, just because I can't digest one or four ounces of protein at a time. So it's, uh, you know, there are certain trade-offs or, or things like that. And so some people that work for, some people, but I mean, there are plenty, the, the, the good news is, for everybody out there, is it's doable. There are thousands and maybe millions of examples of people who've done it. And a lot of them did it similarly, a lot of them did it in different ways, but it's very possible. So, um, you know, like, like we just talked about, you just got to find out what works for you. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about flexibility being something you're working on. Like, what are the things that are challenging you now? So I, I have always, since I was a kid, been immobile. So like, I can't do 
like a traditional squat. I can't do a deadlift just because I have such limited hip mobility. Um, so, like, you know, working on um, just moving better. So, you know, a lot of people will automatically default to, like, yoga or Pilates or things like that. And so, you know, I've definitely tried those things, and I just have difficulty getting in those positions, too. So, I'm working with, you know, a massage therapist and a movement coach trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to better improve, improve my movement. Because a lot of it is, uh, you know, a lot of it's also just everyday stuff, picking up stuff off the ground or, um, you know, being able to sit on the toilet. It's just like, or sit in your chair. It's just, uh, that's kind of, uh, of my focus right now. Nice. Well, that's, and, and that's not something a lot of people think about sometimes, you know, that you can even work on that. So I, I, I think that, you know, is, is a great challenge to tackle and, you know, something I have no doubt that you'll find success with, man, like looking at the story that you've been sharing with us today. Like, is there anything in your journey, burning that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet that you want to make sure that people listening at home are hearing? Yeah, I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well and, and I'm always open to answer any questions, but I, I think the, the over, the overwhelming themes are is you gotta, you know, you gotta find comfort or at least the ability to deal with food i think that it's very to me i'll say as far as body composition is involved the most important thing is resistance exercise and lifting weights i think it, like you can lose weight uh walking or running or whatever biking whatever you choose but if you really want to put on muscle and have a lean physique i think that uh, resistance training and, and weight training is essential. And then um, one thing we didn't really talk about, but you know, find positive role models. People who've been there, done it before. And, um, a lot of these people are, are willing to help you. Like none of us, none of us did this alone. Like I, I look back at my journey and how many people have been involved between friends and doctors and trainers and coaches and just people. You know people in the transformation of weight loss community, like every single one of them had input. So I think, I think it's important. Um, a lot of us like to white knuckle things and try to do it ourselves. But if you can find people that you trust and people that are supportive, I think that's an extremely valuable thing. No, I a hundred percent agree with that, man. And if pe the people listening do want to follow along with what you're doing or reach out and communicate with you, man, where do they find you? I'm on Instagram. I'm at Bernie1B17. So Bernie, the number one in the letter B17. You'd love to interact with you. And, and Gregory, I appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. Of course, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story today. I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's do it. Okay, man. So question number one, tell us, Bernie, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, John Candy. I like it. I, I'm also a gentleman in my 40s, so he's the answer that I go to, but often he's not someone that comes up on the show. So Chris, I was like looking it. at Chris Farley, too, but of I, course. I, I, choose, I choose Chef Candy. I'm with you right there, man. I like it. Question number two, Bernie. What is one lesson that being a fat guy taught you? Um, I think that... That's uh, interesting. I mean, that people look at, at fat people differently than they look at you when you're, when you're in shape. 
No, I think that's 100% true. Question number three, man. Someone out there listening is that 400-pound Bernie sitting there, wants to get their journey started. What's one concrete thing they can do today to get started? I would say just start walking. I think, like, you know, if it's, if it's half a mile, a mile a day, just move your body. Like, if there, if there comes a choice to move or not move, just move. Because I think that that's one thing, you know, we can control. And I think that, that, that walking is, is, is kind of a first step uh, to kind of, to, to, for me, I think it would be the first step that I would tell people to start doing. That's some excellent advice, man. Question number four, Bernie. What's one thing about yourself that you love? My eyes. There we go. And <laughs> My eyes. I, I think I have a halfway decent personality. <laughs> well, so okay, so eyes are one. Personality, we'll put it number two. Uh, and final question for you today, man. What's one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? You know, I so I, I, like I mentioned that we sold the company in 2019, and the three-year uh, non-competing things are are uh, coming to an end. So my goal this year is to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. So <laughs> kind of try, try to figure out the next step. I like it, and I what one of the things that I love in your story, man, is you know you started this real transformation in your 40s. Like, people should realize, you know, you're never too old to make change and you're never too old to even want to know what you want to do when you grow up. So I think that's an awesome message for everyone that's out there. Appreciate it. So man, thank you so much for coming on this show. I'm going to put Bernie's contact information in the show notes today. If you want to reach out to him, follow along with what he's doing now. And of course, you can find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me on Twitter at the same handle. You can reach out to the show. Email us at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then, my friends, remember, go out there. Do something today to amaze yourself because you're the most amazing people I know. And I'm so happy to be back with you after a little hiatus. So I hope you'll come back after you do that and catch us here on the next episode of The Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.